How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for Saturday, March the 27th. It is the weekend variety show, and today I do have something I want to talk about. Uh, it's a bit of an interesting one. So it recently dawned on me that an expansion for a video game is coming up that I am 100% going to purchase. It is The Binding of Isaac Repentance, which is a major overhaul for the game The Binding of Isaac Rebirth, which originally came out in 2014. The fact that that game came out seven years ago is bewildering to me, but I digress. Anyway, the uh, designer of the game, Edmund McMillan, recently did an interview as kind of a promo for the expansion coming out. And it really got me thinking about why it was that I was so ready to jump the gun and buy DLC for this game. I don't really play it that frequently. It's my most played game ever, pr pretty much, besides, like, Minecraft. But I think even if it wasn't, I, I still would be buying this when I'm not usually buying games that much anymore. And so I started thinking about, okay, why, why is it that I want to pick this up so badly? And kind of the first thought that came to my head was brand loyalty. And I mean this in a good way, right? Like, I think you can look at brand loyalty as a very cynical, capitalist thing that every advertisement is trying to achieve. But then there's also just, like, you know, your, your favorite local bookstore that you want to support. Or independent creators online, like YouTubers and someone like me, podcast hosts. Even though those are not major brands, you can still develop loyalty towards those things. And I think I've developed a brand loyalty to Edmund McMillan. I don't buy everything that he does, but I'm most certainly paying attention to everything he releases. And I think something that's really unique about Edmund is that he is very much like a game designer. If you ever listen to him talk about the creative process or about making video games, he so desperately just wants to be a designer of games. It's in everything that he does. And that's something that I find really cool, something that I want to pay attention to. And then that got me thinking about, you know, brand loyalty and brand value in individual people. Edmund is one person, but there are other game designers who have a lot of loyalty and a, and a fan base. You think about people like Hideo Kojima, who was able to spawn an entire company off of his name. Shigeru Miyamoto, Sid Meier, right? These are legendary names in the gaming industry, which, you know, if the name is on there, people are going to pay attention. And then there's some up-and-comers, right? Like, if Concerned Ape, who's the creator of Stardew Valley, if he's just like, hey, I'm making a new game, you instantly know you're going to pay attention to it. At least anybody who's a fan of Stardew. And again, that's just one game designer, right? And I think individual names have way more potential and, like, I guess, impact than a, than a company can. I mean, you think of beloved companies like Bethesda and BioWare and Rockstar, which have taken a turn in many people's eyes, and has lost kind of some of its legacy, some of its reputation. And why is that? Well, usually it's because the people who used to work there don't work there anymore. Or they just dramatically expanded the company so that there's so many people you can't keep track of it. But the key is that there's people. It's about the people who are making the game, not the name that is on the business that made it. And I think something that's really missing is like, you look at music or you look at film, and it's all about the creators. It's all about who are the people? Who is the director? Who is the songwriter and the song performer? But in video games, we t we're always looking at the company name and the publisher name. And sometimes people are able to break out of those molds. But if you ever hear about a new company starting up, they're always like, hey, it's veterans that are ex-EA developers or, you know, whatever it is. The clout comes from the corporate structure. So anyway, I just think I would really love to see game creators kind of 
establishing their own brand more often. And even if they are part of the company overall, you know, there's people like Gen Z who works at Supergiant. She's really well known as an artist for Supergiant. And guaranteed if she ever wanted to leave, she would easily find a job and people would follow her because they love her art. And again, I'm sure there's many other examples in many other companies, but I just want to see more of it, if that makes sense. So I think something I'm going to do is make a more conscious effort to learn some of the names that are making my favorite games and, you know, see what companies they go to, see what they work on. Because ultimately, I think that's going to be a better barometer for what a good game is going to be, or, you know, a game that I'm going to enjoy. And if nothing else, it's just going to make me more educated about the gaming industry. Anyway, folks, those are my thoughts on that topic. I, I would love to hear your thoughts. You know, what are some of your favorite creators? Who are the people that you're going to follow and pay attention to? And who should I be paying attention to? I would love to know that as well. That's all for today, my friends. I'm going to be back tomorrow with another show, back with the news on Monday. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It is the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. It was funny, I was actually in the middle of talking about, you know, what I was just talking about, and then I realized, I, I say that I have all this loyalty for Edmund McMillan, but the only thing I've bought is The Binding of Isaac, and I guess Super Meat Boy. He's released some other games, like The End is Nigh, uh, Fingered, Binding of Isaac Four Souls, which is like the board game, The Legend of Bumbo. I haven't bought any of those, but I know a lot about them. And, you know, I, the reason I didn't buy it is just because... I didn't think I would enjoy them as much. So then that, you know, forced me to think, okay, I say I have this loyalty to someone, but then I don't actually purchase. But that's where I think, it, you know, loyalty doesn't necessarily have to equal currency. When I um, first got introduced to Dungeons & Dragons, we found a local kind of D&D slash board game cafe. It was just a bunch of nerds running a cafe, and uh, they had stuff of all kinds there. And we never bought a board game from them. You know, we were teenagers. We didn't have any money or any of the D&D stuff. And those are like the big purchases, right? Like those are the things that they're going to make their money on. Instead, we just, you know, spent money on the coffee, on the on the sandwiches. But you know what we did do is we told all of our friends to go there. And I told all of my family to go there because it was a great place. And those people spent money. And so that brand loyalty, right? That, um, that love for the environment that they created ended up being a... Uh, net positive for them, even if I wasn't necessarily the biggest spender. And I think that's kind of an approach that you have to have with everything, really. Like, slow and steady wins the race, and value comes from, you know, the true supporters, I guess, if you want to call it that. Like, the the depth rather than the the breadth, if that makes sense. Like, I'm, I'm trying to contextualize this in terms of the observer. Now, big numbers are nice, right? If I said I have 50,000 people that listen to my show every single day, that'd be amazing. But how many of those people are also participating in the Discord server, sending me emails, actually invested in me as opposed to the service that I'm providing? Again, if you're the latter and you just care about the news, I, you know, that makes sense to me. That's why I created the show in the first place. I have no idea why the after show is even successful at all. But for some reason, you guys like me. And as far as I'm concerned, the depth that we've created with the Observer, the community, the the trust, you know, that you put in me to give you the news, the fact that some of you have been listening every single day for years. This is the kind of thing that is way more important than saying I have large numbers and something that I value, you know, like I'm saying that from a business perspective, but I'm also saying that from a personal perspective. The amount of joy and gratitude that comes from my heart when I hear a nice message from somebody is way more than when I get more listeners on the show. 
And so to loop that back to, you know, game designers, I can almost guarantee, I mean, okay, I'm sure they would love the money from their video games because independent game designers are usually on the brink of bankruptcy every time. But, you know, for the people who aren't worried about making their rent, I'm sure they care less about the sale than they do about the person who says, hey, your game changed my life. You know, your game was there for me when the world wasn't or whatever. That's brand. That's something worth holding on to. I want to see more of that. Anyway, agree, disagree? This is just one man's opinion. I'd love to hear more thoughts about about this. My friends, I got to do some homework. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Cheers.